telling you. Like, if they had beauty pageants for men. <laughs> they got to be out there. My back is considerably too hairy for that. <laughs> Unless it's like the hairy back pageant. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, man. if they have one for small penises, why not have one for hairy backs? <laughs> oh, wait. Can't go to the second one, but... Uh... <laughs> this is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hey, you people, you're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love in New York City and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James, and this song is Get Myself Into It by The Rapture, who we saw at Music Hall of Williamsburg on Tuesday, December 3rd, and who we'll be talking about today. But before that, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review. And as always, I, I want to mention that we have the option for uh, any listener out there that wants to executive produce an episode. Again, what that means is that you decide what show we're going to see somewhere within the tri-state area, ideally. And uh, you cover the tickets, and we go to the show, and we recap it. And then if you want a guest, you want to be Skyped in, you want our, your thoughts to be uh, on there, whatever, in a blurb. Or if you don't want anything to do with that at all, and you just want to hear us recap uh, an artist that you really like a show you couldn't make it to or will not go to because you have serious social anxiety or whatever it is uh we'll do that we're into it that's yeah that's sort of what we're here for we're here for you uh so we have a nice surprise today we have something else that's here for us today which we've been talking about for a while now awfully long time you guys we have a guest today meet drake say hi it's very nice to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Can you guys believe this? Do you know how long we've been trying to get this guy on? And so here it is. So excited. And then we'll never ask him again. Yeah, um, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I think we have like a, a, a three-month gap or something with repeat guests. Okay, just fair. to keep it from yeah. getting to... Uh, uh, so that gives us three months to bother you to, to be on in the future. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, yeah, we went to this show, uh, The Rapture, at Music Hall of Williamsburg, and uh, Drake with, was uh, was with us for that show, but uh, I don't know, I, I kind of think the thing that happened before the show uh, yeah. was sort of so, sort of a funny story now, right. it wasn't so funny in the moment. We definitely got to tell this story real quick. Drake, I don't know if you remember us telling you this particular one. Please go ahead. Go ahead. Go here. So uh, we got an Uber, James and I, uh, and uh, you know, normal pickup or whatever. And then and someone was behind the Uber, and we get into the Uber like in, in a normal time frame, like Easily. you know, we weren't like perfectly you know, reasonable, dilly dallying at a senior citizen's pace. Wasn't you know, even God wasn't forbid, even a green light. God forbid if it had been like an accessoride or something. This guy. So behind us was this guy in a blue Honda Civic. Honda Civic. This guy starts laying on the horn. I don't mean just like beep, beep. He like literally put his hand on the horn and was just like, wah. Just left it there. 
fuck, and then, you like, know, that fuck my entire seconds. block. Yeah, f- fuck everybody. And I was like, what is wrong with this man? This man's insane. I thought, I was like, maybe he's in a huge hurry. Maybe he's on the way to a fire. Maybe there's a, a lady with a baby in the back. He was not in very no. much of a big hurry. And, you, and why was that? What did he do after that? The after we crossed the intersection? The what second did he do? that light turns green, he zips past us across the intersection, stops on the other side, and just, just stops in front of us and just waits there. For like two minutes. For the entire, yeah, for the entirety of the light, everything, which held up traffic behind us. We then had trucks, big fucking trucks behind us. Yeah. Uh, that began to get out of their trucks, and then all of a sudden this guy changes his tune. Oh, yeah, he wasn't such a big shot anymore. First, he was the the capo, the one with the big balls, uh-huh. and then when guys start getting out of their delivery trucks, yeah. not so much. After honking on the horns for a little bit. Um, zips his way down, then, of course, plays this trick where he's getting real slow, and then as the light turns, he zips past it. Uh, didn't know that we'd still be right behind him there. And then, of course, like the guy was still kind of on us for a little while. So luckily, eventually we lost him. But like, what an asshole. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like Steven Spielberg's first movie. I think it was Duel, where the whole thing is just like this guy driving and then this truck that he passes and, and that and it makes the truck driver mad. And so the whole movie I've certainly is spe- seen that referenced before. Uh, basically, so they, this guy's in this super creepy, rusty old um, like oiler truck, uh, and you never see the driver, but the whole thing he's just trying to trying to kill the guy basically yeah. on the road. I was like, is that what we're in for? Uh, so yeah, I had this guy's license plate on here somewhere, which I now can't find, and, and he's lucky for that because I would absolutely say it on here. Yeah, I'm alright. I'm alright with, with posting that on maybe, the internet. Maybe I'll edit it in. Just be like this guy. Yeah, t- whoever looks up license plates, feel free to look into this this piece of work. Uh, okay, so then uh, James and I get to uh, after after that whole uh, debacle, which the Uber driver handled very well. I have yeah, to say, it was very calm. He was incredibly yeah. chill. I tossed him an extra couple. Like, couple what is bucks his on religion? Yeah. I don't know, laid back. <laughs> he had some serious inner peace. Now, wait, Drake, Any anything to report on your trip over? Nothing to report, but I would take this as a, a real lesson for all of our guests listening today that road rage is not okay. Please yeah. be safe out there. Right. <laughs> I like it. Thanks, to <laughs> Drake, with the PSA. <laughs> Do you see why we needed to have him here? Um, okay, so we get to Music Hall in Williamsburg, and uh, this this is a venue that we've not talked about yet. Uh, after after that, all, that excitement, it was a pretty uneventful ride. Um, this is not a difficult venue to get to. No. I think you could take the... You th- could take the G, and you either get off at Nassau or Metropolitan, and you could really walk from there. We were just kind of running late, and we, were, we made a conscious decision of just, no, let's just put an Uber for this one. It's easier. But, you know, you, you'd have to walk a little bit, but you can take the G to it. So there's a lot of these venues out in that part of Williamsburg, by the way. So, yeah, so not difficult to get to um, in terms of the interior. This is part of the Bowery Presents network, uh, which means that it looks like every other Bowery Presents uh, venue. And 100%. there's really not not much to write home about that. You've got your upper area uh, where the shows are and then your lower area where there's a bar and um, the bathrooms and the coat check and now, you know, all that. You and I are saying that unimpressed, but you and I have also been there several times before. Drake, you've never been here before, right? Yeah, I thought the venue was pretty chill. Mm. Um, they also did offer like pizza on the spot and like a vegan option, which I thought was nice at the time. Uh huh. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, like nice at the time, and then when you reflected on it, 
then like and you were like fuck no. the vegan auction i'm over my four week vegan like thing it was like for four weeks it went really well i really wanted some steak one day and it's over <laughs> and it's <laughs> we were concerned we were yeah i was too it's also vegan pizza if we if we could just do a quick aside there is a there is a long-running gag to that uh one of the first times drake and i were ever at the brooklyn mirage together drake goes to the pizza that was there i don't think you were there for this one. Oh, and you ordered the debella slice because i don't know well because the debella name has a, a lot to do with my heart it's uh-huh. a super important word to yeah. me and so and when i saw that out there i was like man I have to have that Debella pizza. And what does that have on it? Well, I don't really remember, but I do know that it was 100% a vegan pizza. It was a vegan, And yeah. it was to the extent that nobody would even eat pizza with me. He, he, had, like, he had like one and a half, and then he kept trying to pass it to me. And I'm like, dude, that's not happening. First of all, James wasn't even like, he wasn't even like, no, I don't want it. He was rude about it. He was, I like, was, like, he I was like, how dare you? Thank you. And then, but you know what? He wasn't how wrong. How dare you look at me? In so many ways, he wasn't wrong because so many people also, like, I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever tried to share pizza, Pizza, like generally people really enjoy pizza. Not the case. Not for this Stabella here. Was there cheese on it or was it like fake cheese? Vegan cheese. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I think it's out of soy or something. Shoot I don't us. Know. It's not for us. No offense, vegans, but it's, it's not We've made fun crop. of vegans on this podcast we before. Have. So. <laughs> so you're an easy target. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And we're lazy. You know, kind of like a guy that uh, figures he could just cut people off in traffic because they seem pretty harmless. But then a delivery truck comes along. Don't hurt us. Okay. So anyway, um, the check-in process for this was incredibly chill. The bag search was may as well not even happen. It was totally perfunctory, which actually, trust me, I appreciate that. It's perfectly fine by us. I appreciate uh, the the formality type of um, bag search that's not that thorough. I love it. Thank you guys for doing that. Um, there was no line at all. I was surprised. James was not. I was because I was like, this is the rapture. This is kind of a it, big deal. Um, because, yes, they did play earlier on this year. But still, like, they, they have been, been on hiatus for, for so long. It's been yeah. on hiatus for, like, since, like, 2012 or something like I that. I think, no, the, it was 2013. And then okay. this year was their first one. And it was about five years total that they right. were on So I was surprised. But, you know, James was like, no, 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 it's fine. And I was like, well, Well, I there just- were two bands on beforehand. And honestly, like, it... Even even for like bigger name bands in the Rapture, it's like okay, like you're not gonna be that full if there's two bands on beforehand. But then like meanwhile, I go to I go to Ganja White Night the week before, and I get there five minutes before the doors are to open, and I wait in line for 15 minutes. I just never know what I'm gonna get. I just never. That's know a much what I'm gonna bigger get. venue though, too. So any any kind of line for that one's gonna take a little bit longer. Well, in any event, um, again, I got the um, I don't know. I'm gonna start calling the um, call it like the the pre-show nervies. And that's when I'm there to see someone that I really admire and enjoy and there's no one there. And I start to get anxious because I'm afraid they're not going to have the crowd that they deserve. The crystal method thing, I think, gave, gave me trauma. Yeah. Um, that's another episode of ours uh, where the, the crowd was not nearly as big as the uh, headliner deserved. And uh, yeah, so that's a thing for me. But anyway, so whatever. It's uh, empty is empty. Um, so go downstairs. Bathrooms, great. They're clean. Fine. Um uh and then uh, we had some times so we took some we took some pictures or we tried sure did, yeah that's on our instagram we realized that we didn't have a photo of uh the two of us uh just like we have like the one photo that you see when whenever you uh pull up our link or whatever but in terms of something that was actually taken during like even during show. this yeah. time period like at a show right. this we didn't have anything so i was like you know let's see what we can do lighting was you know eh, down there so we did our best so hope, hope you like that photo if you saw it um anyway so uh drink prices standard decent. 
Yeah, yeah standard. Right? No, not bad. Yeah. Um, Anything on that, Drake? The whiskey was good. Yeah, yeah. It's just not much to it this this particular yeah. time around. Bartenders honestly. are fine. Yeah. Found, found, found them like, you know, uh, whatever, uh, personable enough. Um, in terms of the, the lights at this show, there's there's it's, there's not a lot going on with, with the lights at Williams Music Hall of Windsor, which doesn't bother me. That's not every, but it's good enough. It's good for what it is, you know. And uh, in terms of sound, eh, you know, again, we, we, we had some, I, I thought that, you know, vocals could be higher. That seems to always kind of be a thing. Yeah. Um, Music Hall of Winsburg, I mean, uh, as far as the system is, it's a decently like older venue. Hasn't really been fixed up or anything in a long time. Like, you kind of tell on the dance floor, it's, it's pretty scuffed up compared to like a lot of these other newer venues so it's been around for a bit the sound system obviously is a bit outdated the light system is really not all that special it can use an upgrade yeah no it's funny because like this actually was renoed back in like with the mid-2000s this used to be a place called north six uh for any of you like old school uh uh whatever new yorkers uh indie rock fans who were like around during the mid-2000s when the rapture was like coming up and super big here um y'all might remember north six they played it uh back then and then it was uh bought by Avari presents and then uh rebranded remodeled uh and then uh renamed as uh music hall of williamsburg i feel like it used to be a little bit of a bigger uh, performance space uh, and that that front area was a little bit smaller and, and didn't have a bar in it but I, I could be totally wrong this was a long time ago when it was North Six but um, yeah you know I mean it's uh, it's seen some wear and tear but uh, my feeling is kind of like well you know it's clean so I'm yeah good. it's just fine it's you know it's not it's not a particularly like go out of your way to go see somebody there but they get really good acts because there's a history behind it for a lot of these bands which is cool and it's still got like a you know it doesn't it doesn't feel that polished so it's you know a little bit more rock and roll but they could definitely the the vocals is the biggest part here they, that that needs that, that could that could have been better um did you see a merch table i don't even remember there was one i don't remember exactly where it was okay but, yeah. and then again like drake said uh get that that uh pizza situation down at the bottom that's really like the only kind oh that's of right that's emergency. where the merch table is oh was it the okay. merch no no because okay so there's that sort of atrium that you get the bottom and then there's that sort of atrium you walk up to there's a bar there there's the merch table and then you go to the actual dance floor and stage and everything Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we're hanging out. We get we get in the front. They're playing some bit of venue music. Uh, we're listening to some dark synth wave, right? Yeah. And just like, uh, yeah, dark wave, whatever you want to call it. Just like that synth music that sounds like something out of like maybe a horror movie. But we're also like not really a horror movie, but like a dark, like a 80s vampire Almost movie. Almost melancholic, sort of like 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah. Trick, do you notice anything about that? Or is it like, does the venue music not even like really affect you all that much? Do you notice it ever? I think what's uh, really important sometimes is just good friends because uh, we've been out and we've done these uh, concerts and I'm much more of a house music and yeah. rap music kind of guy as you guys know but I will say that what I maybe uh, don't have in the music is made up for in the love of my friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a sweet positive dude, I swear to God. <laughs> like, I think you were a beauty queen in a former life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> why, why not be one now? I'm telling you, like, if they had beauty pageants for men. <laughs> they got to be out there. My back is considerably too hairy for that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like the hairy back pageant. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they have one for small penises, why not have one for hairy backs? <laughs> oh, wait. Can't go to the second one, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first one, though. 
Good to so, go. So we get, so we, anyway, so then this guy, uh, Brian, that I actually met at a former show, we didn't cover this show, Ra Ra Riot, but um, I may have talked about it at some point, and that was about a month ago. He was there, met him in line, and he was at this show too, so it's really nice to see him. Hi, Brian, if you're listening. He's a big fan of the Rapture. Uh, he uh, he took him some great, uh, on his it's on his YouTube channel, a lot of a great uh, audio and video and that sort of thing of the band. Um, a lot of times people, people will get like uh, annoyed if you like do a lot of filming of a show or whatever like just watch it but it's like brian's stuff is actually pretty good and like it's like listen some people take really horrid videos and they're shaking and no one will ever watch them but brian's why are you looking at me while you say that i wasn't looking i wasn't even looking at you he's guys i wasn't looking at him he just he does he takes bad videos she was looking at him she was looking right at me no but brian's videos are actually very good so i don't know like i'm gonna ask him and see if he if he wants uh any uh kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pro- promotion, promotion on that, and if he if he wants, I'll, I'll stick the link to his YouTube channel. Uh, because if you ever did miss a band, like <clears throat> you know, for somebody who's just got a freaking phone, um, his his videos are pretty good. That's anyway, a lot he, than the he, videos of my freaking phone. So. Uh, anyway, you know, so yeah, Brian, uh, I I don't really know for sure, but I'm guessing a forty something, and any forty something that can hang on a Tuesday night is all right with me. That's a kindred spirit. There's very few of us. Um, so anyway, oh, and the crowd, the crowd was like. I would say, like we we said, we said the crowd scoot older, right? Like thirty and up. I'd say that, yeah, for sure. Um, and that makes sense because the headliner of this band really like hasn't been very much in um, the public eye in the past six years or so. Um, so the, what I was seeing in in terms of this crowd were people that I imagine that were in like high school and college and, here like, in the city at the time, and yeah. like or like yeah, or like here in the city, not high school. That's what I meant to say, college or uh, or living here in the. City city in like the mid 2000s because you know they have fair like college radio play or whatever so it was like like 30 and it was funny because i actually said to uh oh we were talking we were talking about drake i was talking to you about the crowd and i said something like oh i remember saying i was like yeah i feel like there's no pushing there's like lots of space so it was like and um very considerate and you were like what'd you say i have no idea what i said what he what he, he said old. Oh, <laughs> I did not say that. Did I say that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I wasn't. I, I, I guess I have to take I responsibility for that. I will say that there was one instance where there was one person who was being not so great in the crowd, and mm. not so much to us. But I don't know if you guys had noticed there was that group. Uh, there was a, a a guy friend, a blonde girl, and they had kind of pushed, you know, past oh, us. Oh, pushed their way oh, forward. Oh, she was yeah. unbelievably rude. Yeah, and it you know she yeah. was pushing into us a little bit, and sure. that's okay. It's a show. We're there to dance and have right. fun. It but happens. She had been so rude to the people that were next to the stage that yeah. she kept pushing into them good pushing them out of the way and it really seemed like she was trying to get them to literally leave the spot which I will say this guy's like I think it's totally okay to push your way into a crowd you know you're there to have fun sure. it's okay to get up to the stage we've been known the three of us to get up close sure. but you want to be respectful of the people that are there and know that everybody's there to have a good time yeah. and, you know if you're listening to this blonde girl your behavior was poor and I would definitely recommend improving it Nice. <laughs> you say that so diplomatically, but it truly was. Like she truly, truly was very rude. I forgot about her. She it didn't affect me as point, much yeah. because she was kind of behind me. But I was noticing just sort of like, like you know, she wanted to put her bag on the stage and whatever. And I, it was starting to fall into a guy's pizza. I was like trying to fix it. She's like, it's fine. I was like, well, his pizza there. She's like, fuck his pizza. I'm like. No, I mean your right. bag is going to Your gonna bag's going to get ruined by that pizza. He doesn't care whether your bag is in his pizza, but I think you should care if your bag is in his yeah. pizza. It's just the crust. I'm like, "Lady, I'm trying to help you, but 
well, fuck off then. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and then she kind of got in some guy's case who was filming a lot, which doesn't bother me. It bothered me when his elbow was in my face. Um, I don't know how you don't know when an el- when your elbow that, is in another's no. face, but some people truly are, are not aware of where their body parts are in space. Uh, she's like, just watch the show. And, you know, I was just like, just enjoy the show. And I was like, well, how about you uh, don't mind inter- your own business? How about, about you don't interfere with show. our enjoyment and the show? So we had our opener, uh, Wa Together. So Wa Together is actually, I, you know, I guess, guess you call them a super group, is, might be the best way to put it. Uh, with Phil Mossman, formerly of LCD Sound System, Vito Rocaforte, uh, currently of The Rapture, so he played drums twice uh, during that set. Steve Schultz, of, uh, still currently of Longwave, and singer Jaco Suzuki, uh, who, frankly, I haven't really gotten any information on. Uh, there's just not too much out there. Um, but, you know, they sort of got that that sort of classic uh, 2000s post-punk revival kind of sound. Uh, I, I don't know if you're hearing the same thing that I am. I didn't. No. Um, no, I heard more of, and I actually said this to you in the moment. Well, first of all, this is the first instance where I noticed that the vocals really could have been higher. Um, anyway, so to me, this is more of that breeders, like 90s riot girl punk sound. That's, that's a, a bit way to put it, softened yeah. into accessibility. That's the thing. It wasn't quite as hard. It wasn't like Courtney Love up there until maybe later. Totally uh, right. But in the beginning, no. Uh, it was a it was a sort of toned down, um, popped up uh, riot girl punk sound. That's that's the the the, ven- the, the vibe that I got. Um, I thought Vito was great on the drums for this. Uh, some fine drumming there. I really like this bassist. He was right in front of me. I, I wouldn't say that it was like exceptional bass work. Uh, after but seeing solid. tall, tall trees, I'm ruined for all bases. Yeah. Oh. But um, I like how he goes hard. That's Phil Mosman. He's that ex-member of LCD Sound System, and it's no surprise. You can tell he has roots in this driving dance punk, which is uh, FYI. We'll get into it later. But uh, sort of that's, the running that's the, theme. That's of the genre. That is the genre uh, of the Rapture. Is, is dance punk and and you can tell and LCD Sound System was was the same type of band and um, you can tell he has roots in that he keeps it simple he keeps things moving uh, and he wears real big boots sure does uh, Jaco Suzuki the, the lead vocalist um, oh she had a little bit of a fan base I have that here yeah here some people were kind of shouting back at her and that Definitely kind of thing knew her well like as uh, a person those were she, her friends she yeah she was yeah. real 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 cute uh, just a good, good stage personality. Maybe a little bit understated, but mm. overall, pr- pretty good front woman. Um, what was the name of that carrot top one again? Which one? Uh, Steve Schultz. Okay, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Long wave. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he was fine. Like, he was out, out of my view more, and I didn't hear any. Did you hear any like exceptional guitar work? I can't no. say that I did. It wasn't bad, but I just there's nothing. That, I don't have much to say because there's nothing that really stood out for me. That's uh, honestly. You just summed up the band, so. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, I don't have a, yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't have you just a summed up the band for me, to be perfectly real. I yeah, I don't have a ton to say about the band. They're fun. Um, I'm not sure when they were established, but it would be interesting Pretty to new. see. Pretty new. It's a brand new one. Their first album's coming out sometime so soon. So that could be part of it. They're still kind of putting the pieces together. Sure. It'd be interesting to see where they could go. It might be cool if Jayco took up the rhythm guitar. That's that's my note as well. I won't get into any of the little specifics on the whole band. What I will say is that their stage presence was very warm and welcoming, and it definitely seemed like they were super happy to be there. That's fair. And they connected with the crowd. Yeah, that's fair. How did it make you feel? It made me feel 
pretty damn good. I think it made me feel very comfortable for a start of the show. Okay. I think as we kind of talked about, the vocals on the actual audio was a little bit, you know, it was muffled in comparison to the other to the other instruments and everything going on. Mm. But I would definitely say it was definitely a, a welcoming feeling to a show. Okay. Were you dancing? A tiny bit. The whiskey was still kind of getting flowing. I hadn't gotten you. there just yet. Yeah. Decent warm up act then. Yeah. And in the end of it, actually, she really killed it. She like, but like she, she, she could really like wail. Right. And she really did. Really hit some of those beltier kind of notes. she did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's got some power behind her voice. It actually might have been cool to see a little bit more of that. Not specifically the wailing, but a little bit more power in her voice. Yeah. Um, throughout. Um, now, granted, it was hard to tell anyway because well, it's hard we, to tell, yeah, because the vocals were, were lower yeah. than they should have been. But from just the beginning, the vocals were off for this entire show, so there's something to be said about that. Now, before we go too far, though, Drake, something we've talked about a bunch on this podcast is like whether or not an opener like fits with the whole thing. So, you didn't like how much did you know what you were getting into for the night? I did not very much know what I was going to get into. So what did that opening band tell you? Did it did what you got uh, listened to in that opening band set you up for what you listened to later on? Or, or where, where was your headspace after them? You know, I think we'll get into or during them. I think say. we'll get into the other people that played that night. But I think there was a little bit of a, a of a difference between the first opener, the second opener and mm. then the Rapture. I think the Rapture came in clean cut and awesome. And I'm mm. looking forward to talking about them. I think the first opener with this band was pretty good. Mm. But I don't think they really had a, a very set um i don't think they had a, a one two three with the openers at one after the other very well does that make sense i mean i, I could feel like maybe like it's not quite in terms of like what their sort of brand is mm. isn't really all that tight yet like i feel like that uh may, maybe that's but maybe that's not quite there it's not that the band isn't tight it's more just about i don't know how to explain it but just sort of like for lack of a better word like what a band's like pro- what it projects like if you were to give like a band a certain uh, have a quality to it. I'm mm. not sure what their quality, what the quality is there. I don't know that I felt particularly drawn in. But again, it didn't feel like lack of talent so much as it felt like they haven't had a lot of time together yet. Like yeah. they're kind of still kind of it's, figuring each other out. It's definitely not lack of talent. I mean, all these guys are, are great artists that have been on some very great like all-time bands. So it's clearly not a lack of talent. Maybe it's just you know hasn't fully meshed together yet. Maybe they're still trying to figure that's, it that's out. That's that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking. And uh, yeah, um, so yeah, towards the end again, like some that the the wailing, tons of fuzz, distortion, and, and the wah wah pedal, of uh-huh. course, because they are called wah together. That was when I feel like at the end was when they came together, and I'm like, like it sounded like I, their their sound. That that's yeah. one of the yeah. their sound. What is your sound? What is your core sound? And I wanted to, I wanted to hear that. Like from the get go, I wanted to hear that quality in their sound from the get go. And admittedly, a lot of this really is on Jaco because she's really the personality of the group. The other guys, quite honestly, don't bring a ton of personality mm, yeah. to the group. I wish they would, um, but uh, you know, you picked who you picked, and uh, a lot of that is is resting on her shoulders. And so, you know, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes in the future. Yeah, if they do more, um, I would say you could do worse if you if you see them at like playing a bar or something like that or a small venue 12 dollars sure give give them a check them out why not so that was our first opener and then we had a second opener and this was uh the crickets which you knew because they opened up with the sound of crickets with the little hand claps anyway uh do you want to talk about them so the crickets um kind of lost some of the info on them they involved jd samson do you still have the other stuff 
Uh, I can pull it up here. Okay, so yeah. So J.D. Sampson is an ex-member of La Tigra, who uh, is a band that was fronted by Kathleen Hanna, who is the ex-frontwoman uh, for Bikini Kill. So the fact that J.D. was ever this close to Kathleen, just it's like almost too much for me. I'm... I'm fanning out because I love Kathleen and uh, the fact that they were in a band together. Super cool. I didn't honestly make the, the connection. Uh, but yeah, so that's... Uh, I do have the other names now. I'm sorry, I got lost in a second. Okay, yes. you can go on. JD then. Sampson uh, was vocalist. Then you had uh, Michael O'Neill and Roddy, Roddy Buttum. B-O-T-T-U-M. Um, I'm trying to find see who they were with, but these are both. This is again like Faith No More. Thank you, Faith No More, and it's really uh, a purposefully minimal art rock band. It's literally what it says on their Facebook, and that pretty much adds things up. You know, just very uh, DIY, minimal sounding, a uh, bit of a dance beat to them, artsy kind of band. I would say so. I mean, the fact that if you start with a cricket soundtrack and hand claps just kind of says to me, okay, we're doing something a little bit more experimental mm -hmm. here, which was fine. I thought that was like, huh, this is kind of, maybe this is the only part of it that's really experimental because the Rapture is like not an experimental band. Right. I think they only played like one song that was kind of experimental. Like they're not an experimental band, but this band was like pretty much that's almost totally experimental. So all I can figure is, I don't know, this was either something that... Uh, uh, the venue booked uh, or maybe there is a connection between JD and uh, I always forget the, the, the lead singer of um, the Rapture ju just what's his name again? Luke Jenner. Luke. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Justin, Luke, whatever. Yeah. I don't know if there's a connection between those two or what's going on. I know they were both in bands that were kind of big. Uh, well, actually, no. I feel like they've like both the, been the around for long before. enough. They probably knew they each other. They were kind of maybe in the same yeah. circles. But I, I mean, it was like, it was interesting. Like, I, again, I understand that we they always want to pick openers that aren't going to upstage the headliner. But I was just like, this is just like, why? I understand they come from the same maybe place or same circles. But the style of these two bands are so different. I was, I was a little bit confused. Um, but I didn't dislike this band. I actually, okay, so I'm the outlier here. Well, I'm going to let you guys talk about it, but I, I liked the sound of the lead singer's voice. To me, I'm hearing like Michael Angelakos, like a little cousin. Michael Angelakos is the lead singer for Passion, uh, Passion Pit. And that's what I was hearing. I was hearing, uh, inc incredible range there from her. I mean... Maybe you could hear it, but I certainly couldn't tell, to be honest. Like, the, the sound was so off. I can't really comment too much on her voice because I, I couldn't really have yeah, a hard right. time there, picking there were it up. Some sound issues. To be perfectly honest, and that made it more difficult. If you're going to have an artsy fartsy band like this, you got to sound pretty clean. I did unless, take my earplugs out for a second. Um, unless that's the point, is to not sound clean. I don't know. I haven't really had a chance did to you like, have your study up in? on them. I, yeah, of course, I kept my earplugs in. I took, I took mine out so that I could hear a little bit. But yeah, with earplugs in, yeah, no. They, like musically that I can speak to that was pretty decent I, there was you know some uh, decent amount of groove and things like that that could be like a there there's a, a formula that works in there um, for a specific like dance genre if that's not what they're going for though which I which I don't think they are then there's really no point in them to lean into it it's a little hard to comments on a band like this because i don't think they really give a shit whether or not we think they're good or not you know i, I think that's a, exactly what i wanted to say about yeah. them. very much so that like i, I don't want to say anything negative about anybody doing their art but what i would say is that it really didn't seem like they were connecting to the crowd mm. and part of it was like their music and then maybe it was some nervousness on their end but it was a little bit like there wasn't a huge connection to making the crowd like have an amazing time 
You know, that's fair, actually. That's a really good point because this uh, obviously the main act for this show, it's a band that has connected with most of the people that's there quite a bit. So you're never quite going to get that, obviously, with an opener, but that's still a good point that it didn't really seem like anything that they were even interested in doing, like... That's the thing. And they just, they did seem sort of sort of an odd bunch. I mean, you've got like this, like Michael Angelakos, uh, front woman, and then you have, uh, the the guitar player who I remember say I remember saying to you is like he he looks like Jim from the office like I keep expecting him to mug at me like right yeah he does like have that do face, a yeah. Jim face and the keyboard guy I said to James like oh that's the guy who knows a guy who can fix that thing who can fix it thing right yeah <laughs> yeah they were they were an odd bunch and and so you know that that's you know so you've got that this uh, this motley crew uh, making this very DIY uh, DIY 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 yes. do it yourself DIY music um, which was I think was intentional to me it was like very like something off like an internet flash animation cartoon like Homestar Runner or like maybe one of the bands on the talent show from Rick and Morty where they're like show sure. me Shoopy what doopy you doopy got doop. yeah. shoopy doopy doopy doop yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying like right like something that's like alien almost like very basic the guitar player remember that one song was literally the same note on the twos and fours the yeah. whole time I was like D- I was like just, just the entire thing. I could, solid three minutes there. I could be okay. I could so be a musician. I could be in this band. So I mean, but I mean, fine. I mean, listen, I'm a little bit more open to like uh, uh, experimental music. I've been to like Ambient Church and all that. I mean, I don't mind the stuff. It is a kind of an odd choice for an opener. My feeling was kind of like if they were willing to be uh, a little bit more accessible, like it could go somewhere. But it just depends on whether they'd be willing to do that. But if they, if they were like. Yeah, we, we could take we could make a song that's like more accessible, which they actually did, which I'll talk about in a second. But then I, I, I listen, I always like to say, like, if I was a, a billionaire, but if I was a billionaire, I was like, I'd throw out some money at them if uh, if it seemed like they could kind of go in a, in a direction that could, could connect with people and, and maybe a better guitar player. Um, I don't really think that matters to them, though. Maybe, you know, maybe I, not. I, I don't think they give but a the shit. Thing- I think they have their, their other bands that are more successful anyway. They've, they've been there. They've done that. This is just them trying to do something new and different and whatever the hell they but want. Here, so here, this is going to be for everybody I, I like to, long and short of it is like impossible to even give a recommendation on these guys because it's either you like this sort of thing or you don't and, and so, honestly yeah the, the, the audience didn't seem to be like I, well, I had to pee right and yeah then, and then I like left before the show was over and this was my chance to sort of assess the crowd since there, there wasn't one when I came in so you know okay right, now there sure. was one you know white heavy on the male early middle age like again early 30s to early 40s uh, the, the tiz was crowd basically tiz was was like a party that was like huge and the early to mid 2000s i'm sorry you missed it if you were there um you know they seemed kind of uh, like they seemed to have one big thought bubble over their head and that thought bubble said meh yeah that was that that was the vibe i was getting and then i came back to you and i was like yeah. what did i miss and you were like drake is like nodding in agreement behind you Meh. Yeah. yeah yeah but here is it didn't thing. connect with us but it's like i'm sure there's an audience out there especially but here was the thing but here's here's why i'm like ah maybe they, they could move into an accessible uh, uh region if they wanted to because um at the very end they their final song uh which was called elastic which i they didn't announce it but i had i had actually run into jd after the show and i was like what was the name of that final song i mean i really liked it whatever which we actually opened this segment with um that song to me was accessible so they can do it if they want to it's just a matter of do they want to right this is this is i don't know that this is i felt like i could dance to this but it's not music that i could really watch because when i say you're not gonna pull it up at a party 
I felt like know? I could dance to some of it. So, you know, um, a lot yeah, again, a lot of their stuff is kind of the same sounding, but they had one song that really went well. And, and when I did mention, I was like, hey, that was my favorite song. She was like, thanks. So we saved that one for last on purpose. So they, they yeah, know. They, they know. So, I mean, the fact that they would so do that, it must be like, hey, we know we have an, an accessible song. And uh, just, I don't know if they are willing to... Uh, to, to do that, I would see them again. I felt like they were fairly danceable. It, it wasn't so experimental where I wanted to just sit down in a chair like I did at the pricer. Stranger Things uh-huh. thing. <laughs> remember that? Nope. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't remember that. Uh, that was one where so experimental and ambient that I was like, I need to be sitting down. I didn't feel that way here, but I didn't feel necessarily drawn in until the very end. So again, this is another new band established about a year ago. So we'll see. I would give it another shot. I would be more inclined to give that a shot than Watt Together. I, I felt a little bit, a little bit more I'm intrigued. I felt a little bit more intrigued. I would definitely go Wah uh, instead of the other one. And they yeah. are having another show, I believe, coming up at, uh, what was that venue that you and I went to, James, um, when we saw Moon Kiss last month? Oh, Union Pole. Yes. Are they supposed They're, to be there? Yeah, they I did mention so, that. Yeah. January. Yeah. Yes. Union Pole. Yeah, I actually did see that that was uh, coming up. And I, I would give it a shot. You know, but uh, whatever, to each his own. So we're, we're kind of on opposite ends of the, of the spectrum for that. Anyway, so that closed out uh, after that last song, Elastic. I have no idea what the rest of the names of the rest of the songs were, but then, you know, We got whatever. that one, yeah. Um, we got that. Uh, venue music again, more of that uh, dark wave stuff, synth wave, that Miami bass kind of dark wave. I've explained to you all what Miami bass is before. If you just don't know, you have to Google it to listen to our episode because I don't explain genres twice. Um, then Good we work. had, <laughs> then we had, you guys, The Rapture. And I have been looking forward to seeing this band for a very, very long time. Talk about them. The Rapture formed 1998, currently consists of Luke Jenner, uh, lead vocals and guitar, uh, original founding member, also original founding member, Vico Rocaforte, uh, playing the drums. And to round out the main band, you have Gabriel Andruzzi, who uh, is sort of the multi-instrumentalist, played just about everything between percussion, saxophone, bass, keyboards. And uh, Gabriel Andruzzi came in, I believe, 03, but... Uh, Luke Jenner and uh, Vito Rocaforte are two of the founding members of the band, been there since the beginning. Um, had a run also with bassist, I'm sorry, oh, Maddie Safer, uh, and their second, al- second album, you'll hear another voice that's not Luke Jenner, that's Maddie Safer. Uh, story for another time, not currently with the band. But uh, these uh, guys are a New York City band uh, that sort of formed during that uh, early early late 90s early 2000s time where a lot of bands were trying to sort of mesh rock music and dance music together and so sort of created this whole dance punk genre which uh the rapture are really pioneers of but maybe aren't necessarily get, uh, still recognized or given the respect that they deserve as somebody like a chick 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 or, or an lcd sound system most people would think them when they think dance punk genre but really like the rapture came around even before them so this band is a pretty, uh, a fairly important band to me because it is a part of that dance punk scene, which was sort of like a microcosm at the time and in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s to mid 2000s, which was my earliest years here. And that was around the time, you know, like the strokes came up and that right. was like right after 9-11 and everybody was just like not in a good headspace. And this was a time where things were starting to sort of move out a little bit from the East Village into Williamsburg. Right. 
sort of transitioning uh, where artists were based and playing that sort of thing. But at the time, there were these venues that... um, some of them don't exist anymore. There was the cake shop on the Lower East Side. That was a big one where a lot of those bands came up during that time and played. Uh, CBGB's was still around at that time. Pianos at that time was a was a venue where these sort of uh, up and coming indie rock bands um, were featured. It's it's not what so much anymore. The there was North Six, Tragic. which which uh, I know. Yeah. There was North Six, which was uh, what is now Music Hall of Williamsburg, where where we were. Um, but the idea of it was, was like almost like this golden age of like indie rock and especially dance punk and i was there and i didn't even it's really funny how you don't even really like it doesn't really register until it's over that you were like there for something that was kind of kind of a big deal i mean listen it wasn't like being in san francisco in 1966 i mean you know what i'm saying no but it was so revolutionary in its own way you know with a a whole branch of music basically being creative out here and now it's like you know not just like this particular dance punk genre but you also look at like bands like the strokes and like vampire weekend and all the bands that uh that came up through this that influenced everybody else you know everybody it's the obvious comparison but you wouldn't have the killers if the strokes weren't well weren't mention around, the book you know? real quick because that talks oh about- that book yeah so i i have mentioned it here on it before but uh the book uh meet me in the bathroom by lizzie good uh goodman i might be totally drawing a blank on it that's right yeah Liz- lizzie good Goodman, uh, awesome, awesome book, and it's uh, basically just a collection of quotes from interviews from people either in these bands or that were around during this time, and it really just tells you a lot of a gives you a lot of cool insider information on some of these bands. So check that one out for sure. It, it was a special time, and uh, but this genre is an important one to me. But the the reason why I love this, I love dance punk so much, and this is why, because we hadn't. We had an episode on Big B, and I've always said that my two favorite genres that really get me going, that really get under my skin, that make me dance, that transport me, that make me not give a fuck about anything and just make me feel whole and complete and almost spiritual is that their Big B is electronic music with a heavy rock influence to it, pulling a lot of like uh, drum samples, uh, breaks, uh, especially from like 1960s funk and soul incorporating rock right and then dance punk is rock music that uh pulls heavily on a dance sort of synth sound so really the two sides yes very disco two sides of the same coin to me um rock uh dance music with rock rock music with dance and i love them so much because these genres don't make me choose i love it (laughs) so now I wanted to drag Drake to this because I sort of, uh, I'm trying to expand your world a little bit. Now Drake's a big EDM guy and he's brought me to quite a few shows that I would not have gone to without him around. So I try and return the favor and come up with some interesting bands that might try and, uh, you know, open up and show you something a little different. So you really didn't know who these guys were coming in, right? You know, I, I didn't know too much about them, but I was very, very happy to be there. Yeah, just excited to check them out. Yeah, I think they were super fun. I mean, I, like I had mentioned here, like my, my style is I like like deep house. Like sure, oomps, oomps, right, oomps. right. And then like a little bit of like Kendrick Lamar on the side, right? Mm. But this is a this is a band, this is a genre where like you can really have a lot of fun with it. You get to that show and you get to be energized. You get to be part of the crowd. You get to be really involved with what's going on. Mm. And when it's a show like that, like almost no matter who you are and, and what you like, it's hard not to be having fun. Glad to hear that, actually, yeah. 
we're going to go through the set list. And speaking of the set list, uh, a lovely little extra that we got. James managed to snag a snag copy one. of the actual set list that was just pre-torn, sitting on the Pre-torn stage. in half because that's a little more rock and roll. It you know? so is. And you're going to see a picture of that. So uh, And so we can verify then that what we see on setlist.fm was correct because we actually saw the set list that the band used. So that was real neat. Uh, they opened up with... Um, in the grace of your love this is a fun song i believe it's from 2011 um this one has like a syncopated beat it could almost be a reggaeton song and you guys i never get tired of reggaeton beat like i could do without reggaeton content constantly telling me to take my clothes off and shake my body parts but (laughs) But the beat beat, i love i love and immediately i Luke, I was like, Luke Jenner still has the voice. Still got it. 100%. Hasn't yeah. lost it. Yeah, I know you saw him earlier in the yeah. year, so you already knew, but I hadn't seen him. So I was like, okay, no Daryl Hall curse here. Yeah, no, which is good. He could still hit some of those notes that are, you know, tough for most people to sing along to. Yeah, when I heard that reggaeton beat, knowing that, that Drake Light is a fan of that beat, I didn't even need to turn around and make sure you were okay. Well, you know, Sean Paul, people like that. Uh-huh. Let me give it to you. Our girls, our girls. I got the right temperature. Yeah, oh, so I, I was feeling really good. I was like, thanks for playing that song first so that uh, Drake stays. Real good way really to get him in there. Yeah. I, and, and enjoys himself because I really want to be on the show. Um, so great one. Okay, then we had Never Die Again. And this is the one where I don't know their names, but they brought on these girls to do uh, the backup singing. Mm. I thought that was a nice addition. You don't see that in indie rock very often. So that was very cool. I thought they brought a lot to it. Yeah, especially with this dance rock style. Part of this is is uh, some of these. Now, Never Die Again was also off of that uh, 2011 the In the Grace of Your Love album. The one beforehand, though, was when they had uh, Martin Ma- Matty Safer or whatever the hell his name was. And so a lot of those songs, um, those would have two lead singers essentially. And it's, they, they brought that side of it that they're missing without him normally at these live shows. Do you know what happened to him? Uh, they talked about bringing him back and he's in a different band right now and just stuck with it for this reunion tour. Um, well, in any case, uh, at this point, um, Gabriel, what's his last name again? Andruzzi. Uh, this is this is when he he start he he started to bust out with the sax, and this was uh when we really started to hear that classic the rapture disco tinge yeah, dance all punk big time, yeah. dance punk yeah often does very much have that disco sound and uh, and I absolutely love it it just it just the disco beat I don't know why people hated on it so much I guess because it got to be a bit uh, ridiculous towards the end and sure. all the songs were sounding the same and the culture of it was like I don't know what's the word banal like very much. Like just got overly, you got used to it yeah, overly you know. indulgent I, I guess like in the sort of roman empire type of way and that's why everyone's like disco sucks and you ever hear about that it was like of course yeah the disco I know sucks that. record no, record burning saying, of 1978 we, we've been saying that on this podcast since the beginning that disco's been making a comeback but i mean you know this kind of reminds you that disco is always kind of there you know the the I, for all our listeners out there let's say this these two are championing the disco comeback i know that you guys i'm all are for like, it is it there is the disco really coming back these two are letting you know that it is it is bad. Want it and yeah. need it. Come back, come back to us. We love it. And I'm all for yeah, it. Yeah, we've talked. We've definitely talked about this. Mostly, I'm interested in the disco ball. I think that would be super cool. <laughs> there was one, was there not? There was one. Yeah. What? Yeah, there was one. They didn't I'm do anything special sure. with it because again, it's like their lighting isn't all that special. It could use an update along with their sound system. Uh, at no point are we going to comment on how good or bad the lighting was because it just was. You know what I mean? I it. it 
Yeah, Tiz Was. Ah, I get it. You guys can't stop talking about Tiz Was. I just have to like interject here. Tiz Was was this was the party uh, that I had sort of briefly mentioned a, a couple minutes ago that was like uh, sort of hit a peak in like the, the mid to late 2000s. And, you know, it was like where like the indie rock scenesters went and kind of makes me sad that, James, that you couldn't be there for that. Uh, Sounds right that on my time. alley. I'm not going to lie. I always wondered like, but you were like in high school. Like, why weren't you coming down to the city when you were in high school? It wasn't that far. I feel like like you guys never did that. Like his kids just drive down here to like hang out. Uh, with a fake ID? My town was a dump. We didn't really have money to do that stuff. <laughs> but like, couldn't you like get like, I don't know, like work a few sh- extras at Dunkin' Donuts and scrape that, together 50 bucks? That stuff didn't really happen. Plus, I was I was into shitty music back then, so. Oh, yeah. okay. That would make sense. Because I always imagined that like if I had lived, because I lived so much further from the city when I was growing up and you were like so close and I always felt Relatively like, oh my God, I would have been down here like once a month. Um, whatever I had to do. Could you be a cam girl back then? Maybe I would have done that. I don't know. Uh, those days <laughs> those days are behind the me. The early days of the cam girl. Um, anyway, so then we had uh, Pieces of the People We Love from the album of the same title, right? Oh, six album, yeah. yeah. The second one. This and was the one where they, uh, where Maddie Safer was more prominent on it. And so uh, at least part of the story goes is that they, came, they brought him on to be the full-time bassist and second vocalist. They wrote this album together. And uh, there was a lot of tension as they were making that that third album that they made uh, in the grace of your love. And so that's sort of I know that's where he disappeared because he was not on that third album just because of creative differences. And then uh, he just never came back for this reunion tour or so. And this is, again, another one of those spots though, where those those backup singers really came in, came in handy. They really did. Yeah. And and this song, I remember when this came out and it kind of took me back to 2006 uh, when apparently I was hot and in Drake's eyes anyway. <laughs> She's still hot, people. Uh-huh. No, that night I showed Drake some old pageant shit of mine. Oh, my God. Like Miss uh, New York, USA. You should have seen this guy's eyes pop. I've never I've never seen anything like it. Uh, wholly inappropriate. Not the only thing that had popped. <laughs> and you want to know why is because I was like 105 pounds <laughs> And, you know, tan as hell and super white teeth. And I was blonde and I looked like a Stepford wife. And also I had no life or no fun at that time. I don't think I could live that way now. I will say at that point, I believe I was in the second or third grade. Mm-hmm. And what else I will say is that Marlia is a gorgeous woman to this day. See, there you go. <laughs> hey, listen, I look as good as I can and still have fun. Like if I didn't want to have fun anymore. That means hot isn't people. It, yeah. Isn't it the same as everybody else? Oh, you know, you could live that life. You can live the life where you go to bed at sure, 10 if you every Sure, night. if you're a model and do a lot of cocaine, then yeah. You do a lot of cocaine, <laughs> but then, you know, still it's Just like... Just don't eat too coke and smoke all the time. Then that is not sustainable. Then you can look real good and still have a lot of fun. James isn't even a model. Yeah, that, yeah I just do that because it's fun. <laughs> he just does it. But yeah, but you can't drink all that beer, James, if That's you're going to look like a pageant girl. That's true. Which I... Yeah. PSA, people, drugs are bad. Okay, mm-hmm. we do not condone the use of any illegal drugs on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> But Adderall is legal if you have ADHD. Yeah. I know a guy it's, who will you know, say basically. you have ADHD. It's good for weight loss. And the opioid crisis in America is a tragedy. So let's please not make light of that situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not saying opioids can't lose weight on opioids. Yeah, right. Gain some. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah, it uh, really took me back. Uh, this song is fun, like James said. Um uh, those girls were on. They get that the the chanty vocal style. Mm. I remember this vocal style being kind of big in in the mid two thousands. I can't really describe it to you, but you're gonna hear some of this 
playing underneath. I feel like Franz Ferdinand used it. Sure. I feel like the Scissor Sisters did it too, right? Plenty it was like times. this let's all sing together, like chanty sort of sound that was like really big at that time. And I, I really like it because it just feels like, oh, we should all sing along. You, you want to know what it almost like feels like? It feels like a vocal drop, like in an EDM song. Yeah, you know what it, I'm saying? it feels like a very together moment. Yeah, a drop yeah. is also a very together moment. Right. We're all dropping together. So yeah, togetherness. It it, it has that it has that quality to it. Oh my god, this is such a cool time to be in the music scene. At you know. That time. It. Okay, so then they played. It's mine. Probably a lot of people. Well, it's it's a close call, but I'm gonna say this is my favorite song. Get myself into it. Yeah, that's a tough yes. one to not, to not love. Yes, this song. Definitely one of my favorites too. That's like uh, I listen to the gym a lot. It's like a really good workout song i love it so much and it's again the disco beat yeah and i think i like lost that's when i started dancing in a way where oh i mean i hate to say this because it, it, it's so it's so corny but like dance like no one's looking i know that that's like, I know. but i was it was really yeah. dancing like no one was looking now uh, i have to comment on this and and you know it's my part of the fact so i, I mentioned that their first show back in five years after that hiatus, which I got to go to, that made my top five all time, without a doubt. Now, at this point, the part of the reason that made my top five all time is like at that point when they played Get Myself Into It. And this is a pretty, it's not exactly the same, but it's a pretty similar set list as to what I saw. At that point, that crowd was going nuts by the time they played that. So I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah, yeah, it was really something. Now, the crowd was still pretty good for this one, but yeah, it's an energy thing. It's like Matt and Kim, that show was like next level wild for them because that was the last show of that tour and everything else going on with it. So a first show back after all that many years, yeah, that was that was a particularly wild set for them. Well, in any case, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have that to compare to, but I can tell you I was having a great time. But again, uh, I felt like people were really into it, but because they were like too cool and or as Drake thought maybe too old to really go wacky. I never said too old. <laughs> With the exception of the blonde girl uh, who was a little bit pushy. Uh, Exceptionally rude. True. But uh, I felt like this crowd was really into it, but not in a way where I felt like I didn't have room to dance or whatever. I was having such a fantastic time. I need to check their IG because I'm sure I'm in some photos because I was acting There's like a maniac. Possibility, actually, yeah. Uh, then the next one we had was um, The Devil. Uh, good one. I didn't want to podcast anymore at this point. I was like, I hate when it's so good. I got to take notes. Yeah, and like and not record. pay attention to it. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do it anymore. I was like, I know I have to, but I was like, I really just wanted to put my phone. I was like, if anyone was looking at me and being like, what's with this girl on the phone? I don't really want to be on my phone right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't want to be here either. This is my job. I'm working. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, great belting on this one from Luke and some falsetto. Just so beautifully done. I mean, oh, I'm just gushing at this point. Uh, anything to say about that one? No, that's uh, another really good one to, to dance and move around to, though. It definitely gets your mood, uh, your, your mood going up. Uh, the crowd, I mean, at this point, they weren't going super crazy or anything. Like, there wasn't a ton of movement. So, the, you know, the crowd had Unless settled into me. their... Huh? Unless you were me. Unless you... Well, sure. Um, and, okay, so uh, good on that one. All right. So, and we had Killing. Um, okay, so this is the one where I turned to you and I was like... Hmm, that sounds familiar. Uh, 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 Yeah, see, and uh, I had uh. never actually, like, kind of noticed that. But uh, I think, so the thing is, is, like, Killing, this is the first song that they played off their debut album, Echoes. Um, and that came out before anything else even sounds as they did, so. I don't know. that. That's, uh, 
No, no, no. We talked about this because did we did we, we figure this out? We talked about this. You you have the computer, so you can do this more easily. So I recommend you look that it up. That was in 03. But look up when uh, Losing My Edge came out. I'm pretty sure they came out in late 2002, and you countered that by saying, "Yeah, but the Rapture was working on that beat before late 2002," which I don't know how you would know that. Losing My Edge, it came out, come out late 2002. The Rapture came out with the album Echoes in 2003. It doesn't say anything specifically for that song, The Killing, though. They work together a lot, though. That's the thing. What uh, we referring uh, to? No, what, what I had discussed was that James Murphy was their original um, producer for it, and so he might have produced that song before they did not sign with DFA Records. They signed with somebody else or unsigned with DFA why Records. Did, why why did he leave? Um, as far as I understand it, uh, James Murphy wanted more control over it than Luke Jenner that and Vito Rappaforte wanted to give him, which adds up. Uh, That's very much a James Murphy thing. He's yeah. even admitted that he's kind of uh, a control freak. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so now, is this a possibility where they one stole from the other, or some, or they stole from each other, kind of thing? I totally believe that. So, for anyone who's like totally lost, the first uh, big song Drink. that ever came out from LCD <laughs> that you're probably lost. Yeah, I don't think you have a clue what we're talking about, do you? LCD Sound System is a band, a dance punk band. We'll that was releasing after. music at, at the same time that the Rapture started to release uh, their music. Uh, and there's this song called Losing My Edge uh, by LCD Sound System. James Murphy is... We've is, quoted it on this podcast before several yeah, times. Yeah, we have. James Murphy uh, is really the, the founder, creator, uh, and lead man of uh, LCD Sound System. And there's this beat, and it's it's the whole song, and you'd think it would get really boring, but it doesn't because it just drives it, and it's just it's so dance punk. It's so yeah. just like it just goes like this, like dun 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 dun, dun. and he kind of talks over the whole thing, yeah. Like, and he's like, so this it's real guy. different, but the rhythm is exactly the same. There's like nothing there. There's not even like a like a you know vanilla ice to queen kind of comparison there I mean, it's, it's not that similar it is the same beat though it's pretty it's pretty darn close the thing is is like losing my edge that's the whole thing there's no way that they can't they, they had that beat had to have come up jointly and they'd be like well i'm you using it well i'm using yeah. it. it's my beat no it's my beat you want to go to court no i don't want to go okay well, all right then it's you're using our beat. it i'm using it blah 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 it's kind of how i think it, it came about so it's kind of an iconic song um and uh you know, very popular amongst the fans. But yeah, so the beat between that and the beat for Killing, um, killing I mean, it's really, really close, like unapologetically. So I don't know. It's just kind of, it's amusing to me, shall we yeah. say, as a, as a uh, music nerd. Now, Drake, we're about halfway through this set. What are, what are the thoughts in your mind as things are going on? I have a, a, a thought about the set so far. Uh, halfway through, I'm enjoying it. Mm. Um, you know, I think it was super fun. Mm. I think just a, a note on this podcast, I think we would be super awesome if the next time I come, if we can have like, you know, like sound, like uh, like what, what's like samples or like, you know, like, you know, different things and buttons I can press that can be like you know, encore. Oh, to emphasize. Yeah. Like a toilet flush just for like hilarity purposes. <laughs> like, I would love to be like be timing things and just... Oh, yeah. to like give to give you like a, a sampler box. Maybe my job on this podcast should just be background sounds. Background sampling. Like I mean, a, like I don't a have a problem with that. Yeah, like an, like an know, early audience, morning radio. Let us yeah. know. We'll, we'll put a vote out there. If you guys say that you want more background sounds and you want Drake to do it, please let me Drake's know. Drake's the man. I will volunteer the man for the job. For there, you guys, I love it. it's all about you. So thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't mind that at all. I don't know if I want a toilet flushing, but um, toilet flushing for sure. Yeah, you could use it for comedic pur- purposes and at the most serious of moments. Yeah, like, <laughs> just this, take the just Sturge? remove the gravity. Is this like yes. I'm, Imus? <laughs> yeah, we're about Imus? to be Imus in the morning here. Oh God. This is like a corny morning radio show. I know we're nerding out here and you're probably like uh, dying, but listen, we're halfway through the set. Okay. Uh, Then we got, whoa. All right. Yeah. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Which is literally the name of the song. I didn't make that again. Also off that second album there. This one was one of their first ones that kind of got them a a decent amount of exposure after that first album. Because this got picked up, believe it or not, on a bunch of like video games. So a bunch of video games from sort of like the the late 2000s feature this song on. And that sort of helped spread their name a little bit, you know. This doesn't really surprise me. Again, I had this like uh, that disco dance punk sound that they're so well known for. And I really like that. But this is a point where it was like, I think I used to be a 70s disco queen who died of an overdose, and that's why I enjoy disco that so much. So much yeah. But uh, but I'm responsible with drugs because I don't want to overdose the second lame. time. Because <laughs> I and I don't I always. But or no, you it's learned like, your lesson that first don't you, time. Do you guys though. ever have that where you feel like you were reincarnated as like something like you were someone else prior, and like that's why you have such a connection? No, just me. No, we're not weird. Okay. Uh, anyway, so um, then we had uh, an extended jam and some serious cowbell. Yes. Well, because this is getting into uh, House of Jealous Lovers, which is oh yeah, House of Jealous Lovers. I've been in. Lord knows, I've been in that house. Yeah, House of Jealous Lovers (laughs) also like by far was their the song that sort of they made. So they really started out in '98. They put a couple demos together, tried to figure themselves out, and then they made a demo for House of Jealous Lovers. And I know this from the book that we talked about before. That was the first one that they made, and then James Murphy listened and was like, "Damn, this is it. This is your sound. Let's do something with this." So this song really was the first. The Rapture song, all things considered, you know, it's every now and then you get a song that you can listen to, like, oh, when you made that song, you found your sound. That's like Sleepyhead for Passion Pit. You know, that was the first one that they came out with. We were like, okay, that's the band right there. There you go. And also, too, I think what probably appealed to James Murphy is because the song isn't so much sung as it is yelled. Yell, just screamed. Which is very much a James Murphy thing. It's like very much a change to to yell. Yeah. No, but it is. And it has a, it has more of a punk kind of sound, which is like what James Murphy would like. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, I I can understand, I can understand why he was, he was attracted to that sound. Um, It's a great one. You guys like it it helps you. Yeah. Cathartic is the word for it. This is like the, out of all of the songs on here, there's a lot of ones that you could dance to. This is one where you could dance a little aggressively to and really let some emotions out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just to, to get past those frustrations. Sort, sort of throw your body around a you little really, bit. You really can. Um, again, this was uh, to the point where, um, oh God, why do I always forget this guy's name? The one who, Gabriel, uh, at this point, was like a cowbell virtuoso. I'm not kidding. Yeah, like, it was I'm not being fun, It was like cowbell. Like, imagine if it was like dinner time. He's like, I'd be like, I'd be up those fucking porch steps so fast. You're right there at the table. Oh just my god! Ready to you eat. kidding me? Do you remember oh. this one, Drake? When he was like dancing with the cow, he like danced with the cowbell too. Ding 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 ding. And it's like that's a good. You should check that one out too, just as the recorded version. That's another one that's like that one and the last song of this set, which I won't get to quite yet. That one, uh, House of Jealous Lovers and Get Myself Into It are like on constant rotation for like my workout playlists. Oh my god. It's Just it's the it's best so it's it. so badass. Uh, yeah, no, Gabriel is like the Lindsey Sterling of cowbell. I just can't yeah. get past it. <laughs> that's, that's no, it. he truly is. I was like, you could do a whole show of that fucking cowbell and I'd watch you dance and play it. Um 
Then they played Sister Savior. Uh, again, I think we had some uh, sax work here. Uh, and another driving beat, another LCD sounding type song. I yeah. just can't help but notice. Now, they, they mentioned during the show, and I don't remember them playing this one when I saw it, but it's like they haven't played this one all that much. Like, this is one okay. that they, they really brought out, um, I, I, maybe just for this one. And I'm even, like, looking on Setlist.fm, like, this has been uh, one of their songs since, like, 03. And according to this, they've tracked that they've played it, like, 25 or so times total. So that's kind of neat. Well, it's a good one because actually yeah. this song, I have a note here. I was like, this song drives me insane in a good way. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, a driving beat that oh, that just loops. Like, that's so dance punk, you guys. Mm. It's, a, it's just a driving beat, a very simple beat that's just played over and over. And then it sounds like it could be boring, but then there's all this interesting stuff going on top of it, including, like, interesting lyrics, yeah. interesting Yeah, the driving vocals. beat's supposed to, like, hook you in, sort of hypnotize you, yeah, and then hypnotize you get picked up by everything else, yeah. It's ex- that's exactly I'm a sucker what it for is. that. The same reason that I like psychedelic rock and everything like that. Something that's got an edge of like hypnotic, uh, hip, I guess hip, hypnotism, hip, hypnotics to you know it. What a raga that's something is? that always interests me. An Indian raga where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it like that, but sped like up. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But it's hypnotic in the way that a raga can be in its repetitiveness. But then there's all this other interesting shit going on, and it really does get you into like, I don't know, did you ever feel like you were in a hypnotic state? I was not on drugs, so no. So no, not. not this particular, not this time at least. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what I love about it, though, is because like also, you know, I mean, house music is can get me in a hypnotic state. But if there isn't something interesting going yeah. on over the that's top, just got a reaction from then then I just get bored. Um, I think that's what we got to do to like try and get you into some of these these acts a little bit more. Is like we have to compare them to some of the stuff that you really like no too. no no i actually think i was super into this one what mm. i was going to say is that if anything it went really fast the show i think sometimes when in an hour and a half you know people will play these sets in an hour and a half seems like the madden cam hour and sure. half was long like it was super energy but it sure. was i think just because you were so tired and moving with this one i mean i think we got to about the hour mark just before they did you know the, the my favorite thing at all shows the false walk-off yeah right um, right but That's a just, good point, actually. Yeah, they, yeah. It was fast. It was definitely. And you're sort of noticing it because yeah. now we're talking about like what the we're about to get to the the second to last because the one after this is Olio, which is the second to last one of the set set. Yeah, Unless one, you got something else to say about um, Sister Savior, that particular song, either one of you. So the next one, obviously, like I said, is Olio, which is uh, off that first album again. And this is something that they like to do. They like to play this song going into the last song of the set. But we can talk Olio first. And I thought, I actually, I thought, Drake, that you would find this song interesting because, okay, so it is it is a little bit different from their dance punk songs. It starts out stripped down, but then yeah. to me it had more of a house sound with the sort of chiptune sound. Do you know what chiptune yeah, is? Yeah. Uh, do you know what chiptune is? I do not. Chiptune is like, it's like electronic music that's made using like old video game consoles, like using songs from like Atari and Nintendo and that sort of thing and making music out of it. And it sounded very like old video game to me. Um, And it just kind of like looped over and over again. But uh, again, more hypnotic, not boring because there's so much stuff going on on the top, including these very pretty skittering high notes Mm. is what I remember. Oh. That's a good one. This is another one. It, it almost like builds you up towards like the final song, which is a, a more of a blowout kind of throw your body around dancing song. 
Dude, should I get it? Should I say? It? Yeah, let's talk All right, about it. so final song is Echoes, which again is like one of the one of their signature songs. Really, uh, that's a, off their first album. First album was named after it. First album ever was uh, named Echoes, and you know, oh, just what an absolute blowout! What a hell! Would you say this is a song something. is like the most akin? I mean, it's more of a blowout and more of a banger, a headbanger, but more akin to House of Jealous Lovers than the other song. Yeah, for night, for right? sure. Yeah, the, both that's of what the, I thought. those more, are the two because that's the other one where I was going to say for this one. Um, where it's like you could really dance pretty hard and get some aggression out of you to to a song like Echoes there, which again is why it's such a perfect song for like a workout playlist. And I I just realized that um, I'm not sure if we announced it, but we were our plan was to open up this uh, this segment of the show with Echoes. And I have a note here that says, "Headbang, got no clip, too good." too good too good yeah i don't have an audio clip of that song oh i was too lost in the moment but we'll replace it with something right we'll do something else just as good i'll edit it don't worry yeah hey listen uh, i don't blame you uh if, if you ever get the chance to see these guys listen to that song just don't bother like picking up a phone or anything like that just fucking enjoy it yeah no, I, I will never i mean we don't review bands twice i mean i don't know why we would i uh, there's always listen anything is possible but it isn't our aim to review a band twice so i'm kind of glad we did this because i know like i see them again i don't I, it's just going to be me having a good time and for, for sure can't wait can't wait okay so uh fake walk off fake walk off fake walk off so yeah, so now that you're on the mic, anyway, what what are your thoughts at this point after that after that whole set, this band that you didn't really know about? Now, do you see like we had we had basically told you, and you just kind of had to believe us that these guys are like kind of pretty like important in the scheme of things, and you know, like within New York City, within this genre of bands, they're pretty legendary, even though they're not necessarily given the recognition that they deserve. Did you pick up like do do you see them like could you see why they would have that sort of like legacy there you know the name has always been kind of an echo i don't think uh I, it's not that i never heard of them before you mm-hmm. kind of talked to me about them but what i will say is seeing is believing when it came to the rapture and i mean they really did deliver during that uh-huh. first set and i would say that that was about an hour and then they maybe had the next half hour where they did that walk up 20 but minutes or so let, let me just yeah, put yeah. a note here this is a little rant on the side here guys I, I just want to give kudos to bastille this year for not walking off and then doing uh-huh. the encore listen i get you don't it, need it huh? maybe you don't maybe need it i'm the one that's wrong here maybe uh-huh. i don't understand music or I'm just not a professional, but uh-huh. it's just like it it, 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 it is dis- for me, it's a distasteful thing when you walk off and you, you, you leave me hanging. You know how That's many girls so have funny. broken my heart? You know just how many doing that just hurt my feelings and done it like that? Most of them don't come back. You come back and like, I'm happy about it, but don't you leave still in the first place. <laughs> just don't leave in the first place. No, but all you have to do is to get them to come back and just be like, one more beach. One, One more, more beach. beach, yeah. They really wanted us to scream, though. They literally had the yeah. door creaked open. They were looking, yes, yeah, yes. they did. Like, I saw that, like, too. They're, they're, That's true. They're all like, they're snickering. They're like, look, That's a good they point. love us. Yeah. They love us. They wanted, they wanted that, which I get. Some bands want that, but I also I say I sc- we don't need the formality. Just, I think I screamed harder Unless you really got to take a leak, then I totally get it. But Yeah, Luke kept walking off the stage. I was like, what is that about? I mean, like a lot. Well, I, I don't, it's probably a diva kind of thing. But, but. but at this point, they went from we went from going from like uh, we weren't everybody wasn't screaming one more song. We were screaming one more set. The first encore song, uh, let's see, uh, out of the races and onto uh, 
for the, the tracks. The tracks. That, I, that's another one of their earliest songs too. I, at this point, I was finding them hard to watch, like to pay attention to, because the music was so incredibly good that I felt just wrapped up, and I wanted to close my eyes and dance. I was like, no, Marilia, even if if you weren't doing a podcast, you really should watch them because you could just close your eyes and dance if it's a recording. You need to watch because you. But it's hard. It's really hard yeah, for me to tough. not get lost in it. Yeah. Uh, it's super interesting. Actually, they also mentioned, so they had played that song, and again, that was off their first like official EP, right? And then they mentioned afterwards, like, we're just going to do all really early stuff. So these next couple songs, to include this one, is all of like their earliest stuff. Did like None of these songs I'm looking at, them, except for the last one, weren't even on like albums. These are like singles and shit oh, that got released wow. in 1998. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, I, I was like, I remember Because the second encore song... Dumb Waiters. Um, that was something completely different. Yeah, that was a like a, almost a shoegazy ballad. It was, and he mentioned that it's like we have almost. I think we played this like once before, and at least according to this website, that's true. But this like was a, a single they released in '98. This is like early. The I've Rapture. never heard it. Yeah, yeah, I had never heard it before too. I had to do my research on it. So, but again, in this one, some beautiful sax work I have written down. Um, yeah, so it was it was a treat to, to have that because I was looking at older set lists and I, I don't see this listed, so it's kind of like a, a little special thing for us. Yeah, so was the next one. The next one was Caravan. That started out kind of neat. It had some like noodling in the beginning that I thought was kind of interesting. It's a weird one. It stops and starts. There's a quiet part, a loud part. Just kind of neat to for them to be like, hey, you know, I know that we have this signature sound. That was, was what, what I was we looking were, for for a while together. A this is what we were sound. trying to figure out early right. on. This is kind of what we it's thought we cool. might sound like yeah off that first ever uh yeah 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 that they did which is neat because you don't know never really expect to hear something like that and yet they came out and just did like literally their first ever release they did all three songs on it yeah i i I appreciated that and then they closed out with uh my uh very 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 close second favorite song you think so how deep is your love Mm. ah well because it's got like those real like like I'm just gonna say it, like gay piano. Uh, well, yeah. On plus, the top. it's like so gay disco house. Well, that's that the shit. other thing I was about to say. Disco. This is like the purest disco song they have too. Like that, the chanting, yeah. singing, "How deep is your love?" Yeah, like, it does oh sound like God, that. Oh my God, it yeah. sounds so gay. I love it so much. <laughs> She's so me, moved like, by it. <laughs> reminds me of dancing at like yeah they uh the after the the, the pride dance the tea dance that they always have post pride. Oh my God! Like this isn't a song they should play. They would play at, at a tea dance, but, but they, but they should. should. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, that song. They they and and to and to their credit, because they know it's such a good song and they know it's such a banger and they know people love to dance. They 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 dragged it out for a while. They jammed. I like. Yeah, that they a did. Lot. They had some fun with it. Yeah. I just okay. So I mean, that's the end of the show. That was hella hella fun. But uh, in retrospect, you would say that you were still happier with the first time that you saw them earlier this year? Uh, that's this. It's like, I uh, will again have to compare it to like the Matt and Kim show that we went to. I'd seen Matt and Kim before and it did. It was not as good as the last one we went to. But the last one had a bunch more things going on around it. The, the When I got to see uh, The Rapture for the first time earlier this year, there was a lot more things going on around it. It was literally the first show back after five years. So everybody that was going there was like a pure fan and just like really was just excited to get to either get to see these guys again or in my case, get to see them for the first time. And that crowd showed the fuck up. And it was at Music Hall Williamsburg too. Was that crowd also an older crowd? I'm curious. Um, It wasn't super different from this crowd. Maybe leaned a little more energized wise because like. But age wise about the same? Not too different to be honest. Yeah. 
Okay. So, okay. Yeah. That would make sense because it's just, I feel like their core fan base is between like 30 and 40. Which fair, but they, they sure as fuck showed up for that show. A lot of them yeah. probably were like, listen, I'm going to relive those goddamn days. And yeah, just, like, it, it does. It like does I feel like. To. Yeah. Because that was just like a pure, like a mosh pit would break out out of nowhere. At one point, um, I think double check on the on the set list if i can remember trying to think of the exact one i think it was probably when they played uh well right yeah uh-huh actually now that i'm thinking way back to that other one where it's like it was like literally the entire floor was moving everybody like almost in a circle and like jumping what around venue? and dancing this was at music hall of williamsburg oh so like, that floor can at move that, okay. at that point i was like middle and back and i ended up front and to the right just because that whole floor was like Everybody on that dance floor was moving around and totally shifting. So did it was it that again? Well, no, you know, now they're back and they've been back for a couple months. And this is the second or the third and fourth show back. So it's not quite as exciting as those early one as that early one. Well, I'll still say I'm super into it and I'm super into the fact that they sound the same, uh, that Luke's voice is still super uh, tight and clear uh, with beautiful range. I, oh, I, I think his voice is so tight. I don't know. That's that's me. That's how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, but they still got it. They still bring a ton of energy to the stage. Absolutely love it. And uh, I would like to make a, a pledge with you like on air, so to speak, mm. uh, barring any kind of emergency or uh, a work conflict or something like that, like not to take not to take uh, the the spotlight off of off of the rapture uh, and uh, pull focus, but just because we're talking about this dance punk stuff, if LCD Sound System ever, ever comes back, kind of questions this. Town, I will drop literally everything that I'm doing. Promise <laughs> me, we're gonna sure. go. There's no way that I'd miss LCD. You just witnessed that. Yeah. Uh, the moment was very special. They yeah. gave each other a little like pinky hug. It was yeah. really interesting. Pinky promise there. A little pinky promise. I mean, it's like, like I, I know we're, that. We're bringing Drake too. I know Drake, you're going to learn LCD the... sound system. And not even begrudgingly. I'll no. go with a smile. Of course you, you will. You have no idea, Drake. Like LCD sound system is like one of the top bands like that has ever existed ever. And, uh, you know, like, again, I'm not trying to pull focus from the rapture cause I had a great time, but I just felt like that needed to be said because we are in that vein and it's, uh, in terms of that genre and it's a very appropriate time to make that promise. So, you know, who knows if they'll ever play live again, but if they do, trust me, if oh they God. do, I'm dropping everything that I can to go see oh them. God. It's a so big deal. What's our, uh, what's our, um, Oh, okay. And just walking out before the show ends, whatever. Yeah, I'm just like screaming about how excited it was to be taken back into the day. And I was like meeting other people who were also very excited to be having taken back to the day, the day being like whatever, 2005. And, um, Met a lot of cool people outside. That's when I met JD mm. for a brief moment. Um, very friendly crowd, this and that. And I just, I laughed uh, uh, on cloud nine. Yeah, um, good time. Yeah. So uh, what question do we want to ask this week? I don't know. Got to come up with a Twitter question, though. Oh, uh, it's like what, what kind of like, um, uh, <laughs> I mean, all I can think of is something like, uh, has there ever been a musical moment that made you convinced you've lived a past life? There you go. <laughs> there's got to be deep. someone as crazy as me. That's, there's, that's deep. Yeah. There's got to be someone as crazy as me. So I think I think that would be good. All right. So let's wrap this up. All right. Well, um, follow us on Instagram. Well, actually, before that, hey Drake, do you got any final thoughts? What do you? How do you feel about the show? Um, super happy to be here, guys. Super pleasure to all the fans out there listening. I very much appreciate this. Um, yeah, the twelve, the thirty-two. Anybody that can defend <laughs> me while I'm not here is super appreciated. And I'll end, of course, with the most important thing and what I came here for: toilet flush. Shh. <laughs>
It's it's like the way this mic is. It's really hard for me to look at you, Drake, when I'm talking to you, but I'm trying, kind of looking out the corner of my eye. Um, but thank you so much for being able to make it this time. It's a real pleasure to have you here. A pleasure to be here. You, you yeah, you, you just bring that little extra positivity to the table, that little the little bit of beauty queen about you. That, <laughs> that I like. So to do the usual, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review, and shout out Alice in Wonderland because we're going to go to that show in a couple hours. Did we say what song we're closing out on? Uh, We'll close out on How Deep Is Your Love. Fantastic. All right, guys, this has been High Decibels Podcast. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Peace. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah.